This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Number two, Sportsnet today is rolling on. Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie along with you. J-Mac from The Athletic along with us this week. Stoked to have you along. It was a breeze of an hour one with you, pal. I have to say, yeah, man. I just, between Double R doing his thing and, and our early conversation about that trade, like, Hour one just blew by like nobody's Easy business. money. If you want to uh, catch up on anything we chatted about in hour one, we broke down the Penguins, Habs, Sharks, three-team trade from the weekend, and got a Pittsburgh perspective of it with Rob Rossi from The Athletic. It's all going to be available to you on the hour one podcast. It goes up moments after every hour finishes here on Sportsnet 960, and it's available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Julian McKenzie, you're yeah. along with us. Perfect timing for this as well. Yeah. Always a regular on many different shows here. And, of course, covering the Calgary Flames. Do that on a regular basis when we're in season. But uh, it, this worked out well because as we were getting ready for the show this week, we were talking, you know, we were throwing ideas around, talking about what, what we're going to hit on, and... An idea that immediately popped up to both of us, and one that you wrote about at The Athletic, is, you know, sort of the fallout here for the Calgary Flames from that big trade this weekend. A quick reminder, uh, fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. Be a part of the show with us if you're listening live or online. Shooting your thoughts. We'll get to the text line in a bit here. But we touched a little bit on this in hour one, and it's really interesting to me because the Calgary Flames have these interesting trade targets that we've talked about for a couple different reasons, and every situation is slightly different. But the main one here, and I think the main one that makes sense for this conversation is Noah Hannafin. What does this trade for Pittsburgh do to the market for defensemen out there, right? And... Look, Jeff Petrie was part of the deal. Jan Ruder was part of the deal. So we've seen a couple defensemen shift around here. But for the Calgary Flames, who I think, along with Eric Carlson, probably have the most intriguing and highest potential impact maker available for trade in Noah Hannafin, what in your mind does this do? Does it do anything for the Noah Hannafin market? Does it change anything? For the Calgary Flames and how they approach the rest of this offseason in your mind, Julian? I think if you're from the standpoint of the Calgary Flames, you have to big up your asset as the best, the most attractive defensive player out there on the market at his position. A a player whose AAV is at 4.95 for the coming year, 26 years old, 
entering his age 27 season, still has his best years ahead of him as a player, but coming off a pretty decent season with the Calgary Flames too, uh, you're not going to be in a situation where you're going to have to do as complicated of a deal as you had to do with uh, uh, with Eric Carlson and the Sharks and the Penguins and the Canadians. I, I think if you're the Calgary Flames and you are still trying to figure out what to do with these pending UFAs, and it's out there that Noah Hannafin wants to play in the United States, like I, I, I think this would be an ideal time. Not saying right now, this moment, <laughs> but ahead of training camp, I think these next few weeks, you start re-engaging some teams who were in on the Eric Carlson sweepstakes. We know there were a handful of them that were at, were inquiring about it. We know Eric Carlson spoke to a few teams. Uh, remember, he has the NMC, so he, he was on him to kind of make that decision. But like, yeah, I think if you're if you're Craig Conroy, you're the Flames. You know, if you need to take a couple more days and enjoy your time away from the desk, I understand. But this is an opportunity now for the Flames to say, hey, we have this asset we are trying to move on from uh, and and try to capitalize on whatever value you can you can capitalize on when it comes to Noah Hannafin. I absolutely think it's that time. I do too. And I think I've seen a lot of frustration on social media about, oh, you know, what's going on? Why hasn't there been a backland trade? Why hasn't there been this or that? You know, especially around Noah Hannafin, who's made his, who's been pretty clear that he, he doesn't want to come back. He doesn't want to resign after this season. Um, why, why hasn't this happened? And look, I, I get from a fan's perspective, it can be frustrating, especially when you see all these other teams making moves around free agency and you're seeing all these trades and you're sitting there going, man, the Flames haven't done like, you know, all due respect, Jordan Osterley and the Toffoli trade have been the, the two trades. That's not enough. That's not enough, right? We didn't make the playoffs last year. How are we going to change this? How is this going to affect us? I, I think these are the times where those closed door conversations really come into effect. And when it's a trade like this, how you put it there, Julian, the other teams that were involved in this, this is where this really the work for Craig Conroy is going to get done because those secondary conversations, there are still teams, believe it or not, as much as you want to think that every GM is up at the cabin, you know, cracking a cold one, enjoying a couple of days off. GMs want to get work done here. They want to, there's still a lot of teams out there looking to make their team better. And if they were one of those teams looking at Eric Carlson or looking to be a part of this trade and we're on the outside looking in, well, now's the perfect time to re-engage and sit there and go, I think I got the top asset out there. You still want to make your team better? Give me a call. You've got my number. Shoot me a text. Let's get this thing done. Right? And I, I truly believe a trade, uh, the magnitude that we saw of Eric Carlson with three teams, all the players, all the money that was involved can hold up a market. Right, I have no doubt that there were GMs that are saying, "Hey, look, Craig, I'll, I want to kind of see what I can get done here. If nothing else, I'll, I'll circle back to you in a couple of weeks." I really think this is going to open up the market, especially for Noah Hannafin right now. I, I want, I guess the the one big question, and I know I didn't really like delve into it in the in the article I wrote for the Athletic, but like, I guess it's a question of, okay, well, what is it going to look like in terms of committing to an extension? But if you are going to deal him to one of the American teams it's probably a lot easier of a chance for him to re-up because it's out again, it's out there that he would like to continue his career in the United States. Uh, I, I think for a team like a Buffalo, for example, that I know earlier in the off season, they got some depth guys. They signed Eric Johnson. They got Connor Clifton. I mean, yes, they have Rasmus Dahlin. They have own power as well. I think if you look at that core between uh, Henry Yokiaru and I'm trying to remember who there's that other defense when they signed like a long term deal and then he got hurt last year. Oh, Samuelson. 
I want to yes. say it's Samuelson. Yes. I wonder what I wonder Matias if Matias Samuelson is that who you're thinking? Of? I think Matias Samuelson's the yeah, guy. He only played 55 of. last year. Yeah. Um. I wonder if they make sense in terms of saying, you know what, we could use an upgrade at the top four on defense. The Florida Panthers. They signed Oliver Ekman Larson after got bought out by the Canucks. That's a team that's going to be banged up for a good chunk of of the start of the year. Could they stand to use another player up on on their left side for their top four? They could probably use some help on defense. The Nashville Predators, I really wasn't sure what to make of them ahead of the offseason, but when you make moves like signing Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen, you are at least putting yourself in a position where you want to somewhat compete. I don't I, I have a hard time thinking this team is gonna scale back. Remember, they sold assets mm-hmm. at the deadline last year, but now they've put themselves in a position where they're gonna try to go for it. They still have guys like Phil Forsberg around, even though they did offload Ryan Johansson. You know, they still I, they still have UC Soros there, who's still playing at an all-world level. Um, they, this is a, that's a team that wants to compete. And I think if you are trying to make sense of a deal, call Nashville. That's another that's another place. Detroit. Detroit, I wasn't sure about either. They have over $7 million in cap space. Yep. That is a team that could use some help on the left-hand side on defense as well. I don't know if they're all that satisfied about going into a year with like Ben Sherrod and Ali Mata on their left-hand side. Like they could probably use some more assets there. I think in terms of being creative and looking at assets and looking at different uh, spots to move a Noah Hannafin, the market is there. There are teams that are there. It's all about what you want in return, what creativity you're able to make and go from there. Really? I, I have a hard time thinking there's no market for Noah Hannafin. No, even a team like Carolina, when uh, yes. we've done our off season and reviews this last couple of weeks on Sportsnet today, we chatted uh, some Carolina Hurricanes a couple of weeks ago, right after they'd signed Tony D'Angelo, actually. And there were still buzz around them with Eric Carlson. And uh, we were going around talking about it. And we brought in our guest from Carolina. And said, Tony D'Angelo kind of take him out of Eric Carlson in your mind? Went, absolutely not. Nope. Not a chance. He, They still want to get better. They still want to figure out their defense. Yes, they signed Orlov. Yes, they've signed D'Angelo. They still want to get better. Carolina and Calgary have clearly been having conversations for quite a while, whether it's a Lindholm, whether it's a, a Hannafin. Going back to the previous regime, we know they were in on Matthew Kachuk. Uh, into it, I think that's a team to watch out for. So yeah, I think there's a couple of these conversations. And look, don't forget what you brought up earlier in hour one too. Matt Dumba's off the market now. There are not a lot that look. There wasn't beforehand. Yeah. There's even less that's now not. of legitimate NHL options. I really, I'm not trying to be dismissive of anyone here, but the guys that are out there in my mind are PTO guys. If I'm being honest about it, I don't think you're wrong. Guys that that I think I would rather get a look at in training camp before I commit pen to paper on any of them, Uh, whether that's age or injuries, whatever, whatever the situation is. That's how I'd feel about the free agent class. And if you're a team that still feels you need to make a big splash, well, I mean, Noah Hannafin fits a whole lot of boxes for a whole lot of teams. And I'm very curious to see how much this picks up in the next couple of days, couple of weeks. And look, I know it's so hard to ask anybody to be patient. And Flames fans have been patient this offseason uh, for a lot of it. But I, I still think you've got the top asset available to teams. And for Craig Conroy, maybe playing that out a bit is going to help his case here. Because as we get into the next couple of weeks here, I always believe that deadlines you know, cause action. Right, and yeah. if if you're a team that's like, look, man, I really want to get this deal done before training camp. I want to really get this guy in, 
get to be a part of our decor and figure it out. You're staring down the barrel of like just over three weeks before we start talking about guys in city, Julian. That's not a lot of time. Nah, man. Like these guys are doing off doing off ice workouts or on ice workouts now. Like, could you imagine being a player getting moved like late August, early September? I mean, it's one thing to be like, oh man, I gotta you know get myself onto this team for camp and get myself ready. Like, if you got a family or you got a significant other, you got pets and stuff, you're all this hectic stuff. Like, I can only speak for me. Like when I moved to Calgary, like like last year in September, like I moved like maybe what, like I think training camp, I think it was like starting like the next two days or whatever. Yep. I mean, and I'm just like a journalist, right? Like <laughs> I don't have the, the, the special, you know, handlers or agents or people who are going to help that, you know, make it go smooth. Yeah. And maybe that makes it easier for, for a guy like Noah Hannafin in theory, if he puts himself in that situation, but I'm sure it doesn't, I'm sure there are the stresses that come with that as well. So like I figure like the earlier you get it done, I'm sure it'll make it easier on certain people. But I, I I wonder about that scenario as well. But I still think if you're the Calgary Flames and you know, you know if you enter this season with Lindholm, Backlin, Hannafin on your roster, there are under there are other pending UFAs, yes. But those are the three those are three among the big there was a four with Tyler Toffoli, but those were among the bigger high profile ones. You are opening yourself up to distractions. You are opening yourself up to a ton of questions. You are opening yourself up to a lot of unsettling. And could you imagine a year? You know, last year, everyone hyped up this Flames team, and then they underwhelmed. And no, not a lot of people know what to make up this team. What if this Flames team is good? And they're, It's a, it's and a they're, nightmare situation. It's a nightmare scenario where you enter a season where they're good, and it's like, oh, we can't move on from these players now. You are dancing with that risk. So I, I think if you're able to capitalize on that market for Noah Hannafin, you have to do it, especially since they've, they've seemingly made it clear they would not like to... Uh, you know, continue their time in Calgary. I'll, I'll just add this with Noah Hannafin sure. because I know a lot earlier on in the off season, a lot of people, they saw the news that they saw the bomb dr- bombs drop from Frank Cervalli, about all these guys who want to leave. I hope people realize that like Noah, if Elias wants to leave, if Michael wants to leave, they're all unique cases. And it's not just a situation where Calgary's just this terrible city and nobody wants to play there. I imagine. Yes. There are the typical reasons why players don't want to play in Canada, the media pressure, the the market size, or the fact there's not that much to do or, or whatever. So, yeah, sometimes it's taxes. That's one that gets brought yeah. up all the time, right? But, like, it's my understanding that, like, Noah Hannafin, I think, likes the city. I think just for his own personal, for, for, for his own sake, he would just like to continue playing in the United States. Just, sure. And that's fine. It's personal preference. He's an American guy. I get it. You, I understand that. But like I, I don't like I, I just for people who are just like you know what no one wants to play in this market this sucks it has its shortcomings it definitely has a lot of stuff it needs to improve upon and we'll see how it goes with the arena but be careful when I'm not saying this to anyone in particular but just for fans in particular like just be careful about brandishing everyone with the same brush that no one wants to play in this market it's a great city it's a great place to be uh, I think just for a lot for those players specifically they have their own independent reasons and we still don't know. If an Elias Lindholm generally wants to leave, it's there's a lot hanging up in the air. I think with that particular player. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point you make. It's one that we've wrestled with a lot over the last two years. It's continued this summer with you know this mass exodus of players. And I remember the Oppenheimer style bombs that Frank was dropping with those. You know this and then that. And then... still haven't seen the movie yet. <laughs> you should. It was a good one. I gotta watch it. It was strong. Or you don't need to watch an IMAX, I don't think, but it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the, the point being, though, I think you're 100% right. I think 
I think Matthew leaving had its own repercussions. I think this might be one of them with Noah seeing a, you know, a good friend of his, a guy that I know he was close with on the team, mm-hmm. uh, go. And look, and look, he's had success. You can't deny that for Matthew Kachuk, it's worked out very well. you got a massive contract extension. You're the face of the Florida Panthers who just went to a Stanley Cup final. You're in People Magazine. Y- yeah, People you, all of a sudden. Yeah. You're on M- inside the NBA panels on TNT. Your profile has never grown higher than moving on from the Calgary Flames. No, I'm not saying Noah Hannafin's the same. No. Or could achieve the same sort of stardom that Matthew Kachuk has, but it's hard not to look and say, wow, the grass could be greener somewhere else, right? And my contract's coming up, and uh, I, you know, I, I do think it's, a, it's a, an honest, hard conversation that he's had with Craig Conroy, and, and it's not easy to go. And I think it's very easy to walk the line and say, I'm still undecided. I don't really know where I'm going with things. I, I think it is hard for anybody to go to their boss and say, look, I, I, I'm not going to be back. I appreciate what you guys have done with me. Nothing to do with you guys. I just, I think there's 31 other options for me, maybe 25 or whatever. uh, If you limit it to the American teams. Right. And I want to go out and explore that again. It's his right as a player and it's his, uh, it's been collectively bargained. You get to go to different teams. It happens. Right. But you're right. The back one situation is completely different as a guy that's forever. I think going to be known as a Calgary flame and referenced as a Calgary flame. Uh, as one of the best draft picks they've ever had that turned out for the organization, no matter how it ends, you know, we still don't know what the Lindholm conversation is. So you're right. I think that that, that brush can very easily paint everyone in the same sort of direction, but it is very different for everybody. And even Tyler Toffoli, like at least to us on garbage day, I think you were there on garbage day, the last day, it seemed as if you wanted to stay. And I believe him when he said he wanted to stay, but I also remember him saying that he wanted something done relatively quickly. And when it didn't happen, then it led to the trade. I, At least just off of how he was talking to us, I was under the impression the Flames were going to find a way to keep him. At the very least, he wanted to stay. I get that sentiment from Tyler Toffoli. So yeah, I, and, and remember, this is a franchise that, for better or for worse, signed guys like Nassim Kadri and Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger to those contract extensions, right? Like it's well, and those guys didn't play a minute in Calgary. No, now Nassim Kadri has family connections. They wanted his, to stay there, but Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger had no idea what life in Calgary was like. No, and if you're Jonathan Huberto coming off of the mega season you had with Florida, could you not have just? And no, look, there's a risk. There's always a risk in walking to a contract year. Uh, in a new place, and you never know what the result is. And uh, it's hard to say no to the kind of money that was offered to him, but he could have easily just said, no, I want to play out a year before I talk about extending anywhere. Yeah. Right? Uh, Brad Living was able to sell him on Calgary pretty easily. Went to Bar George in Montreal, and they had themselves some nice dinner, and he's like, hey, man, come play in Calgary for the next eight years. Blake Coleman was a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. And was Blake Coleman a number one center or a number one player in the league? No. But don't you dare tell me that Blake Coleman didn't have options and that Blake Coleman couldn't have had, uh, you know, other places to go when he hit free agency. There's in my mind, if I was an NHL GM, Blake Coleman could play on my team any day of the week. That's the kind of player that Blake Coleman is. He's a really good bottom. He's a good middle lineup player. He chose to come to Calgary. He's a good dude too. Absolutely. Right. So yeah, I don't, I I just, I can't buy that, uh, you know, some of these things are all, you know, anti-Calgary, and it's all... That That just, to me, it's a lazy take. Mind you, there are reasons why 
that, you know, the, the team could be better in some respects and the arena gets brought up all the time. Yeah. And fair. Of, it's a very, it's a more than valid argument at this point. I still think of Mackenzie Weger getting brought into the market and him walking around the, the locker room and you're just like, okay, like this is not, this is substandard. Like, like and people were clowning it on, on online. Like that needs to be improved. There are a lot of things with this organization that need to be improved as far as I'm concerned. But I I don't believe this notion that Calgary is just this un, this completely undesirable market for players. And we have proof in the extensions. And you can say, like, hey, you know what? you got to shell out more money for those guys to come. Those guys could, could still say no. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, money's good. It ain't always that good, depending on where you're going. You know? that's no, I, That yeah. needs to be said. Yeah, I just am with you. I don't think it's this uh, bottom feeder of the league that needs to be, you know, on your knees begging for someone to come to town. I don't I don't think it's that. Uh, some of the texts at 960-960. By the way, you can check out Julian's latest at The Athletic uh, on the potential fallout for what it means for a guy like Noah Hannafin in the trade market going forward uh, at JKA McKenzie on X Twitter thingy. Um, X Twitter thingy. X Twitter. Thank you, Elon, Whatever. for giving it such a <laughs> stupid name. Thank you for that giant neon X facing out into people's apartment. Do you see that, by the way? On the Twitter building, he took down the birds. Yeah. And on the side of the building, he put the giant X logo with like these huge LED lights. Didn't they take it down? Yeah, because it was shining into people's apartments across oh the street. Oh, my God. <laughs> what an... What an it, literally, I've said this before, but Elon Musk is that dude who couldn't get into the club when he was younger, and then he bought the club, and he's wondering, why isn't nobody coming no. into my club? <laughs> Cause you a loser. Stop. You're a loser. He's really he's dumb. a loser. And I get that people are gonna be like, no, he's worth billions of dollars, and he got himself the app. He got all this other stuff. Nah, bro, you are a loser. I just want that said. That's fair. Elon uh, Musk is now gonna come for you, Julian. Oh you- no, Elon Musk is gonna come <laughs> for some random Calgary journalist and do what? And do what? You know what? He gets his feelings hurt pretty easily. So he's gonna, just wow, Taylor. What you know, is it? You know what what was it that yeah, happened I, a couple he, weeks ago? And he, uh, whenever it was you limited, exceeded your uh, yeah rate limit. He's gonna do that to your ex account, so yeah, you can only he, read like three tweets a day. He does. Gotta, that, uh, gotta take a break from getting ready to fight uh, Zuckerberg. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, joke, jokes on him because uh, after this week, I'm gonna try to take a break on Twitter. So <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Rate limit me for these next few weeks while I'm not on your app. Do it, Elon. I did. Also, damn Elon Musk, because uh, even as Threads and um, Blue Sky are still in their infancy, like, I hate the fact that X is still that place to, like, like, when you see stuff, like, blow up. Did you see that video of that fight in, like, Montgomery, um, Alabama? Yeah. Like, that's, like, the fight, the videos, the memes that are popping up from all of that. Like, Black Twitter is having themselves a day on that. There's no black blue sky that's like blowing up on that. Like black threads, not a thing. Like no. black Twitter is still gonna be a black Twitter. So even though Elon, I did say you were a loser. I, I don't know if there's. I don't know if you're willing to take my apology, Elon. Even though I said you're a loser, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I still use your app. Please, please don't come for me, please my don't. family. Uh, <laughs> please just don't do that. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, here's your grumpy text of the day. Stay in your lane, fellas. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> Stay in your lane. <laughs> just dribble the ball, LeBron. Yeah, right. Why don't you just shut up and dribble? Except, uh, you know, we're two guys who talk hockey on this show. 
Yeah, state, state, what's it? Uh, Let uh, me get this straight. Elon Musk is a loser, and you are? <laughs> 960 has never sounded so lame. Yeah, wow. Um, so woke. You got us, Look at man. these woke bros dissing up on Elon you, Musk. You got us, man. Oh, you you got us, man. You got you guys say, man. Look, I'm not worth billions of dollars, but... Uh, man, at least I don't have to prove to people that I'm cool. Ugh. Anyway. Sorry, uh, sorry text line. That's nah, whatever. Not, not sorry, text, not text line. Exactly. Whatever. Uh, this one text was relevant to the conversation. said, uh, Patience is worn thin in this city. Teams have spent up to the salary cap. Some teams out of the market for a Hannafin, Backlund, Lindholm via trade. If those teams do want to part with players to add up to some same amount of cap space, uh, I agree 100%. It'll be a distraction all season long to start with all three in the lineup for opening games and most of the season. It will be a focus every day. It could impact the on-ice performance of other players. I think all three will still play hard every night. That's uh, If they do it, it'll be pressure on them to have good seasons so their market value does not drop. Fair. Who would win in a race between Elon and Julian? Julian. Oh, I'm smoking Elon. Not even close. They're not even close. I'm smoking Elon it's in a race. Unbelievable. That is that is that is a joke of a question to ask. I'm smoking Elon in a race. It's, you put us outside, 40 yard dash, done. I'm I'm smoking him. It's, it's like easy. Usain Bolt versus Peter Griffin. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. What? Look. This Elon is Musk. So, this is so. Why is this getting everything so woke about? Like this stuff. Elon Musk <laughs> gave people a voice. What? You're the bloody loser. Whoa, 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 whoa. Didn't we- he mute half of the things you can say on Twitter <laughs> because he got mad that people were being mean <laughs> to him even, on Twitter? I don't even like. Just, yeah. I, but by Elon way, Musk I from f- South Africa, and all of a sudden we call him the new Nelson Mandela. <laughs> what the hell is going on? This gave guy, people a voice. Does this guy think he, he didn't create Twitter? Invented Twitter. What is this? Thank you, Elon, for inventing freedom of speech. Thank you so much, Elon, for giving us a platform for us all. Yes! Thank you for naming your child after the Pythagorean theory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after a, after an X-Wing like jet from Star Wars. See, this is the best thing. Uh, this text goes, so we had that one that says, Elon gave people a voice. You're a bloody loser. This one says, Musk is the only one who allowed non-government-funded news Put some respect on him. <laughs> Which one is it? Of all things for us to bring up and, oh. and strike a nerve within this market, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, who will never listen to any of this. That is who we will fight for. That is who is the man worth fighting for on Sportsnet 960. This Absolutely. So funny. Just, this is so funny, uh, bro. Yo, the, the people texting to the text line right now, touch grass. Elon Musk ain't reading your texts. No. You, you don't need to you. go out there and defend him like this. I promise care. you. It's all good. Just having some fun. We're Relax. just having fun, man. I'm going to go back on X or whatever. Boy, oh boy, is this radio station ever going downhill. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Oh, it's fun for five minutes. Oh, Give no. It's oh. over for us. Yeah, Taylor, Cam, uh, uh, Logan, too. I'm, I'm sorry that uh, I've I've doomed the radio station. I was station. just getting comfy at this job, man. I was getting settled. and I just moved uh, I moved here, too. It hasn't been a full year, man. And yeah. I've just ruined everything for go everybody. Woke, go broke. Oh, my God. You got us, man. I went woke and broke. And oh, my God. Oh. No. <laughs> the guy named a stupid website X, okay? It deserves a certain amount of... Bro, he's not even the coolest ex who ever lived, bro. No. It's, it's... 
Shout out DMX one time. <laughs> this is this is just like I don't even I don't. This is, there's no even point in going on. There's just a nerve that's been struck. One of my homies just texted me and said, "Even I'm smoking Elon in a race," and I I believe they would. Fair. <laughs> Dude, are you serious? Like, I'm. Like, I don't know, man. Uh, look. We're all having good fun here. I hope people don't lose their minds. Well, sorry, they've already done that, but it's it's okay, guys. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right to go up to people who make billions of dollars and be like, "Yo, man, you're not that guy." It's okay. No, I'm sure if you say "eat the rich" on this on this radio station, you're going to start a whole set of controversy. It's not worth it. I'm Someone so, said it's I'm the so best not. segment ever. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. It might be. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, guys. Uh, <laughs> to go up there in the history of nine sixty seconds. Shout out, shout out Elon Musk, man. You know, he uh he's got he's got them boys. He's got yeah, he's says, got those dudes. Yeah, it says exhibit was the greatest ex Julian. What? <laughs> what? Nah. It's DM okay, think of the greatest exes of all time. DMX. Exhibit is like it, he might be top five, but like nobody was better better than DMX. I implore everyone who's listening uh to watch DMX uh perform at Woodstock in ninety eight. That is the biggest mass of white people I have ever seen watch any type of concert. And he is getting them all to wild out. But exhibit rough riders. ride. Yeah, and what happened to all those cars on Pit My Ride, Logan? He, they weren't look, that good. He did take out the usability of many cars. I can't. And technically, he didn't really. He doesn't pimp anything. It. All he does is just, like, he shows up to someone's house and is like, this is your ride. And then, like, trashes it. And then drives it to West Coast Customs or whatever. And then they're the ones who do all the work. And then Exhibit is just there at the end, pulling on your shirt, being like, you officially been pimped. What did Exhibit do? You don't know that he doesn't have a mechanical background. Do you see him on the mm-hmm. highlight packs, like, edit, like fixing them cars? He just doesn't want that kind of attention, man. He doesn't want to He's the all ho- He was him. the host of the damn show. What do you mean he didn't want all that attention? What are you talking about, Logo? <laughs> We heard you like golf, so we put a golf course in your car. <laughs> hey, dog, we heard you We heard you like uh, working in hospitals, so we put a pacemaker in the back. There was that dude who had like that massive like truck that like, like he takes air from outside. He can make water and all that. Like, if you really think about some of those cars, like it was not practical no. how they were built. It was a great way to waste 30 minutes, Fair. but like pit my ride did not age well. So, no, Exhibit is not the greatest act of all time. Uh, that seems like a good place to end the segment. Yeah, I think we've exhausted enough. I think we've, yeah. We've, That's enough. We've poked a hole in a couple of people. It's just, just fine with me. Uh, when we come back on the other side, it was a massive win for the Calgary Stampeders. They are undefeated no more. The Toronto Argonauts taken down by the Stampeders in a good home performance. Can they build off of it? And a familiar name back in the receiving core once again for the Stampeders. We got your stamps report coming up next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Back to Sportsnet today with Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two is underway. It is Sportsnet today. Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie along with you. Huge win for the Calgary Stampeders. A gauntlet month of August that kicked off in week nine on Friday. Against the undefeated Toronto Argonauts. The defense stands tall. A couple key plays on special teams. And it's a 20-7 to victory for your Calgary Stampeders, who now 
gets set to go to BC to take on the Lions on Saturday. With your Tuesday Stamps Report, getting you all caught up after a big win against the Argos, here is Patrick Dumas. This, this is the Stamps Report with Patrick Dumas. It was day one of the practice week for the Calgary Stampeders. They get set for their Western rivals, the 6-2 BC Lions, in Week 10. And this coming off the heels of a massive home victory last Friday against the previously unbeaten Toronto Argonauts. Coach Dave on the win. It was a nice win. Uh, and kind of one of those things where, you know, pretty soon, you know, you're playing so hard and you're putting it all out there. And you feel like you're improving, but you're not getting those wins. You're what, what I call you're not getting paid. You're putting in all that effort and you're putting in all that time, but you're really not getting paid and for your performance, uh, it wears you out. It really does. And it's hard to show up at work and have that same energy. And we needed a win. We knew our schedule's tough. Uh, we focused on the on the one game and the, and the one moment and at home. And, and uh, you know, obviously it, some things worked in our favor. Um, you know, they had some injuries at some key spots. But, but our guys have continually worked and put, put that energy in. And finally, uh, it seemed like we were rewarded with uh, one of our best uh, efforts. Yeah, the 20-7 win puts the Stamps at 3-5 and five in the West Division, a game back of the third-place Rough Riders, and a big win to kick off a stretch of four in a row against the three-best club record-wise in the league. Tuesday was the first practice for the newest member of the Stampeders as well, receiver Marquise Ambles, the new number 6, wore number 17 in his previous go-around from 2018 through 2021 before signing with the Toronto Argonauts ahead of the 2022 season. Here's Coach Dickinson on what the expectations are for Ambles. I just wanted to make sure he was healthy. Um, I thought he had a good year last year, and he was good when he was here too and gives us some depth on the inside, uh, toughness. He's going to, he knows, earn his job and... Um, he's practicing hard his first day of out, but looks healthy to me, and uh, we'll just see how it plays out. Got to assume that him knowing the system a little bit, knowing the playbook a little bit. Well, we got into a bind last week. We, we really didn't have a backup in, inside guy. Um, you know, we were using some Canadian guys and, and Cole Tucker, and, and he was hurt as well. So it does give us a nice piece and depth, and competition usually brings out the best in people, so we expect that. A depth addition that knows the system and has previous CFL experience is huge at this time of year, and Markeith should be ready to step in when his number is called. Time to hear from Markeith on how his first day back went. I still remember all the plays and stuff. It was very easy to remember. And, you know, just getting back out with the guys felt good. It felt like home. How different is it coming here with the new quarterback, new culture? Did it feel like a complete... It's a nice signing and continues the theme of bringing guys that can pick up the playbook quick and Coach mentions how important that is. Well, the tough thing like this year, you don't really find as many guys in the street that ha- don't have CFL experience. Like, you know, a lot of the other guys went are, are down and played in other leagues. And uh, the NFL rosters are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the guys on the practice roster are staying longer and longer. So for us, if you bring someone in, you want to, yeah, you'd love to see and evaluate someone. But it's hard to evaluate a, a guy in just practice if you really have a need and uh, you want him to play early. It's almost like he needs CFL experience, and to have Calgary Stampeder experience, that's a plus. Kadeem Carey was also a full participant once again. Here's Coach on his status heading into week number 10. He uh, he did a great job. I, I think he's getting really close. If not, uh, this this isn't his week. Next week looks good, but uh, expect him to take another step tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and even with one more week on the shelf for Carey, Diedrich Mills' 137-yard performance should leave people feeling a little bit better about where the run game is going forward. Wednesday's practice is closed to the media, so Thursday will be our final look at the team before heading out to Vancouver for their Week 10 tilt with the Leos on Saturday evening. With your Stampeders Report, I'm Patrick Dumas.
Thank you, Patty. Appreciate that. Yes, the Calgary Stampeders back in action coming up week 10 action. BC 6-2, and two, Stamps 3-5 and five now. After that win against Toronto, the week kicks off. Edmonton Elks 0-8, welcoming in the 6-2 and two Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Will that historic home losing streak continue? Probably. That kicks things off on Thursday. Friday, we got the Rough Riders and the Montreal Alouettes. Four and four Riders, four and three Owls. And it all ends off Sunday. Battle of Ontario, this time with the Ottawa Red Blacks and the Toronto Argonauts. Julian McKenzie along with Did you ever get out to uh, any Alouettes games while you're out in Montreal? Yeah, every now and again. Uh, and when I was working with uh, the Canadian press, I got to cover a few of those games. I remember being around the team. Uh, and he's top of mind today because of that uh, Netflix documentary for when uh, J- uh, Johnny Manziel became a Montreal Louette. That was a really interesting time. Uh, but yeah, I haven't been out to a CFL game in a while. I wanted to go uh, to uh, the Stamps Argos game last week, but some other stuff came up. But uh, yeah, that's like I've, I've been to a surge game, a Calgary surge game. I've been to a few Calvary FC games. Obviously, I've been to Flames games. I have not been to a Stamps game as of yet. And I am willing to adopt the Stamps as my western cfl team i am willing I'm to adopt sure. them that's that. a good idea yeah uh i've never no montreal is one of the top cities that I'm, I'm dying to visit i've never been you've never been to montreal I've never been to montreal oh man um, let me know when, whenever whenever you're about to go send me a text i will give you some recommendations and deal. also tell me what what part of town you'll I'm be in keep you up on that for sure please but, uh, i've always liked the vibes at al's games it seems like they got a really good base of fans in montreal that love that team and they're um, and I remember when I grew up watching football, you know, like Anthony Calvillo and yes. Ben Cahoon, and they were beasts for a long time in the CFL. And you write that whole, interesting enough, that Johnny Manziel um, Netflix special is coming out soon, too. And I wonder how much is going to be told of his time in, in the CFL after. I, it's my understanding. I don't know if it's mentioned that much or at all, or I, I would be surprised if it, was, if it was anything more than a footnote. But like. Just seeing that madness get there. He was in Hamilton to start, and then he they made that move uh, for him to go to Montreal. But like that was just such a wild time, especially just for a player who we all kind of thought was like, okay, like what's going to happen in the NFL? And then he just kind of flames out. Well, do you remember that whole period of time because the yeah. Manziel thing happened? Ocho Cinco came up to town for remember a little Michael while. Sam? Remember Michael Sam? Yep, huge I, deal. That was wild. And even a couple years ago before COVID, I want to say right around when COVID was hitting, there was talk of the Edmonton then Eskimos oh. trying to bring in Terrell, Terrell Owens. There was like a photo. I remember one of my friends, uh, I don't know how he did this, but like he was like around when like T.O. was doing a workout with uh, former Alouette Tyrese Bear, And they were like working out in front of like the their, their field in, at Concordia uh, and their Loyola campus out in the western part of the city. Like that was, yeah, there, is Terrell, how's Terrell Owens doing? He's doing all right for himself. He's still trying to play somewhere. I have is no idea. I have no idea what T.O. is up to. I love it when the CFL gets wild and crazy like that, where all these random NFL players say, remember, I know I could come up and do Ricky this. Ricky Williams? Yeah. He's an Argo. Yeah. I used to have a Ricky Williams Toronto Argonauts jersey, surprisingly really? enough. I thought it was just one of those things where I'm like, a great NFL running back <laughs> came up to Canada because he was banned for smoking weed and mm. played in the CFL. He did. Wasn't Vince Young a rider for like he, he went to training I think camp? Training camp. Yeah, yeah he, I think that's as far as it went. Brutally uh, pronounced Saskatchewan. Oh, if I can, God. I might be able to find that. 
Yeah, I would. I would love to hear what Vince Young's another guy who I really thought was going to be like the guy in the NFL. Like when I played like Madden NFL, he was on the cover of Madden NFL 08, and I remember like taking him in fantasy drafts when you. He's one of the best college football quarterbacks of all time. He finished off. He capped off arguably the greatest college football game ever played between Texas and USC with that run into the end zone. Brilliant finish. Um, uh, yeah. Apparently on the text line, uh, this one says Terrell Owens was on the Pat McAfee show today. No way. That's crazy. Apparently. I didn't even know that. I'm actually going to listen to that. I wonder what – I'd imagine the dream of playing – he's done a bunch of reality shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that to kind of stay relevant, but I always love those kind of stories in the CFL where stuff like that pops up. Those are mega names. Yeah, but like it's also funny to see them – like kind of take the CFL for granted and just assume that they're going to do well there and almost nine times out of ten it just doesn't which makes the stories like a Warren or like there were guys who obviously came to CFL first and then went on to be NFL stars but like it's always cool to see those dual league guys succeed because they realize how good the league the quality of the CFL can actually be here's uh Vince Young during his time with the Riders. Oh, my God. also want to give the opportunity for, uh, not the opportunity, but I want to say thanks to Coach Jones for uh, reaching out, for giving me this opportunity. Uh, like he said earlier, um, always wanted to play football again, but didn't know how it was going to happen. And God always working mysterious ways and one full circle. So to you, Coach, and uh, Craig back there, and as well as the Saskatchewan entire um, city, city uh, huh? I just want to tell you guys, I really do appreciate um, the opportunity, as well as my teammates, looking forward to meeting you last, each and last one of those guys and getting out there and winning, uh, winning some football games and a possibility to win a great cup. Saskatchewan? It's one full circle. So to you, Coach, and Craig back there, and as well as the Saskatchewan entire city, I just want to tell Okay, all right. You, I feel like if you're going to join a city, you should learn how to... That's not even the city! That's, yeah, that's true. That's, it's, it's, it's not it's even that. Regina! Oh, my God. To so the entire city of... Hey, uh, we Craig made a Regina back there, and As well as the Saskatchewan entire... Um... <laughs> Looking back now, you should have known Vince Young wouldn't work out in Saskatchewan. Back there, and as well as the Saskatchewan entire... Saskatchewan. So I, I don't know. I, can't, I I don't know why he would say it like that. Maybe it was just a harmless mistake. Fair enough. Maybe it's that you know we don't we're not gonna let's not get hasty and call him a loser no. for mispronouncing Saskatchewan. No. We don't want to. We? We yeah, yeah. It's not like we would ever call anyone no. a loser. Why would we? Ever? And and if we were to ever do that, I'm sure people who would text in would be totally reasonable about it and they wouldn't get upset about it. No, no, they wouldn't take it personally as if they know that person and. Yeah, you know. Right yeah, I, I, then, and when they would pile back on us, they wouldn't misspell words like loser. No, no, no. I think there are some really, you know, I think there are a lot of smart... looser with this topic. But yeah, I different... think we're getting looser yeah. with this topic indeed. But you know, uh, so speaking of the Calgary Stampeders, you heard in that uh, Stamps report with Patrick Dumas, they brought back a pretty important piece of the 2018 Grey Cup team that was released by the Toronto Argonauts recently, and that's going to be our trivia question today. Uh, because we're uh, lucky enough, partnering up with the Shaw Charity Classic this year, uh, to have ticket giveaways all week long for you here on the show. So tune in to Sportsnet today. It's this show. Or the big show. That goes in the morning. Julian, you've been on that show before, too. Yes. Uh, all week long for your chance to win a Rogers VIP ticket package for two to watch the Shaw Charity Classic presented by Rogers at Canyon Meadows Golf and Country Club on your choice of the Friday, Saturday, or Sunday that's August 18th, 19th, or 20th. 
You're going to get to go to and get either two honorary observer passes, which is valid for one round of the tournament, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, or two clubhouse and skybox passes for one round of the tournament. So here's what it is. Honorary observer, J-Mac, you get to go inside the ropes, experience pro golf like never before. You get to walk oh. all 18 holes alongside your golf heroes. You get lunch in the player's dining area in the clubhouse, and it's for two on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Or take the Rogers clubhouse option, and you can enjoy a premium indoor hospitality area with an adjacent patio located inside Canyon Meadows Golf Clubhouse, and it'll be open every day of the tournament at 8 a.m., and it's right by the 18th green where the skybox is. So you get to watch as the Legends of Golf close in on the 18th green. Open-air venue provides guests with a front-row seat of the tournament's closing hole and panoramic views of Canyon Meadows. So what you got to do, tell me on the text line at 960-960 with your first and last name on the text who the Calgary Stampeders signed recently from their 2018 Grey Cup winning roster. He was formerly with the Toronto Argonauts, hasn't been in Calgary in a couple of years, but is back now with the team and might even be playing on Saturday against the BC Lions. If you can give us that correct answer with your first and last name on the text, we're going to throw all the winning answers into a randomized generator and pick out a name, and you will get to choose whether you want to be the honorary observer passes or use the clubhouse and skybox passes for one round for the Shaw Charity Classic coming up August 18th, 19th, or 20th. Uh, J-Mac, you're still new to Calgary. Have you experienced a uh, a Shaw Charity Classic out of Canyon Meadows yet? I have never experienced that, and I would love to. That sounds like a really cool prize pack uh, for whoever is lucky enough to be able to choose between these. This looks like, this looks like awesome. Dude, Canyon Meadows, first of all, is a world-class golf facility and they do it up so good for, for the classic. We're going to be out there broadcasting a couple days. I can't wait. Uh, our pal, Chris Dornan runs this thing. Uh, you know, Sean as well is a good friend of mine that uh, puts in a lot of work for this. These guys do so much work to make this, uh, one of the key stops on the tour for these guys. And it's unbelievable. It's really without having to go to like a PGA stop somewhere, uh, on one of the big tournaments, Julian, this is like as good as it gets. And John Daly, Mike Weir. That's really impressive. Huge name of champions uh, that have run on the tour. So make sure that uh, if you want a chance to get those passes, we're going to do this all week. But today, if you want your choice of passes for either the Honorary Observer Passes or the Rogers Clubhouse ones in the green, uh, Rogers 18th Green Skybox, you need to tell me what, uh, I'll even help you out a bit on the text line, what receiver did the Calgary Stampeders sign to their roster over the last couple of days? Former member of the 2018 Grey Cup winning roster. He's been an Argo for the last couple of years. If you get your first and last name on the text at 960-960, we'll give you a couple minutes because I know if you're listening online, it takes a couple of minutes for it to, uh, to get through to you. Uh, but 960-960. No, I won't. As long as you're close enough, spelling will give you the... yeah. We can we can give them a as long as there. we can sound it out. Yeah, we can read it. Yeah, then we'll we'll give you we'll give you a pass on that and put your entry in. So, yeah. so I see a few names are start, yeah, starting to come in, in there. there. Yeah, so, we're, we're starting to get there. Uh, we'll do that all week long here on Sportsnet 960, and uh, make sure that uh, you're listening to this show, Sportsnet Today, or the Big Show uh, with uh, Matty Rose and George Russick. We'll uh, 
get all the winners together in a pile, pick out uh, one of the random generator, and you can pick your way uh, in whichever passes you want to go to Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Shaw Charity Classic coming up August 18th, 19th, or 20th. We will take a break, Julian. We'll yes, let those sir. texts come in. Yeah. We'll give you a winner coming up to start our three uh, of the program. We'll also hear from uh, former MLB catcher Caleb Joseph, the Blue Jays. Red hot. Red hot. <sighs> Even with uh, Hunjin Ryu leaving the game the other day, they still found a way to win. And they're going to continue that series against the Cleveland Guardians tonight. Taylor's got a Jays report to get you the latest on the team as well. So we'll hear from Taylor and Caleb coming up in just moments. And NFL training camps well underway. We've got some interesting veterans who may or may not have found a home during training camp here. Julian, I'll let you know uh, about some of the latest names circling NFL rumor mills. That, as we jump into Hour 3 at Sportsnet Today, Logan and Julian here with you on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.